Hello there, you're listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. And you know, we're, we're always touching so many different subjects because when it comes to condominiums, wow, it doesn't matter whether it's in Ontario or whether it's even in Canada. But now we are actually venturing out to the United States. You know, interesting enough, there's a lot of people that do own properties, uh, you know, in the U.S., uh, whether there are usual snowbirds that go down there six months of the year or, you know, or whether people just want to invest because, you know, prices have been very affordable in the U.S. And, you know, maybe they're looking for a future, they want a vacation property or they, you know, they just want another investment. So interesting enough, the question always comes up. I know that uh, there's seminars here in Ontario, downtown Toronto. We have a number of them from time to time. And they are to introduce, you know, people to the condo world and give them a little bit of insight. But sometimes I always wonder when you go to them, when you walk out the door, do you actually learn? Like, what is it that you learn? Or is it just really a campaign to, you know, get people interested in buying? Last week, wow, awesome. I got a fabulous email from a gentleman, uh, Mr. Kevin Wilson, and he lives down in the state of Maryland. U.S. of A. And uh, it was wonderful to receive it because now it tells me that the condo expert has actually gotten all the way to the state of Maryland. And uh, we're very fortunate on the show today because Kevin is on the line. And I'd like to welcome you, Kevin, to the condo expert. Thank you very much. Oh, you know, it was really great. I know we had a bit of a chat last night. You know, it's great with uh, you contacting and giving me a little bit of an insight, you know, into what goes on down in your neck of the woods. How long have you been in the uh, condominium that you're in? I've been uh, here in Linda since 2000. 2000, really? And did you, is that your first condominium that you've ever owned? Yes, this is my first uh, piece of property that I have invested in. Really? Oh, as far as you mean the uh, as far as condominiums, or you've owned like single family homes before, or has it always been condos? Well, this is this is my first, and and I I hope that at some point that I could uh, move on to be a homeowner and rent this condo out. So the condominium, just for the listeners, is it a building? Like how many stories is it? Or is it like more of a townhouse? It's a, basically, uh, from what I was told, it's a, it's, it's a 25, 25-year-old property that's called, it's, it's called Pines 2. They were originally apartments, but um, the management company came in, I think, right before the new millennium and says, well, we can convert some of these apartments into condos and have owners. And I've been an owner since 2000. Oh, I see. So were you renting then originally that same in there, and then you were given the ability to purchase, or did you actually just go in and purchase it as once it got converted? I, I have been an owner since day one. The person that sold it to me, she was a condo owner. She was up in age, and she decided to move uh, move back home close to her parents, and uh, that's 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 history. After after that, you know, it's interesting because we have we actually have conversions here in Ontario as well, and uh, we have something called a homeowners uh, 
tarry on warranty, which is, uh, it's under the Homeowners Protection Act. And uh, so believe it or not, that it does not cover buildings that are conversions. It only covers buildings that are brand new construction. So when you took over this this unit, when you purchased it, did that then open you up for any kind of warranties in the building? Well, the only, the only thing I can remember, Linda, is signing a document, which is what is called the covenant of the rules and regulations of the condo association, where we had to comply with all rules and regulations, and they had bylaws, and we, and we must comply with the bylaws, which, which are governed by the board of directors, and I signed, I, you know, and I've been complying, but sometimes we have neighbors that don't comply with the rules and regulations, and we don't know who to turn to for help when the board of directors are negligent, they're incompetent, they're dishonest, and, you know, you, you keep living, but... You say to yourself, well, what kind of community is this? You know, the outside looks very, very good. Don't, don't be fooled. It's, it's, it's very neat. It, 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 can, it can lure you in. But when you move in on the inside, you know, you, you have problems that you shouldn't have, but then you have board of directors that don't enforce the bylaws, and, and that creates another problem. But I always thought, you know, I was happy. I was trying to get a third floor, but I couldn't. So I settled for the second floor. And it's been a rough ride, you know, and I'm glad to have shelter. But when you have people who have these titles that's supposed to govern the community and they're not doing so, it's, it, it really uh, makes you curious. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. Because, you know, you put your life saving into your property and you're not expecting to have these kind of problems. How many how many people do you have on your board? I think the last time I went to a meeting, Linda, has been so, so many years ago. I think it's six or seven. And I was under the impression, by not knowing, I thought the board of directors was an agency outside of the property. But come to find out, the board of directors are a group of people that live within the community. And the only way that you can meet them and become familiar with them is to go to a board meeting. I don't know how they are selected. I know that I've never voted for a board member. And we have a board member in our building that simply says they do not check to see if every uh, unit has 80% of carbon. And that's a bylaw that we must comply with. So that tells you something right, right there. You, you have a title, but you're not living up to your title. And, you know, what's the sense in having board of directors when a lot of us feel it would be better off that a state agency governs Pines to Condo Community in Largo, Maryland? You mentioned in the conversation we had that uh, there was talk about passing bills for owners to vote towards allowing the ability for a uh, title class action to, in order for them to be able to file, I guess, a class action lawsuit against condo corporations that are not following their bylaws and their declarations? Well, uh, according to one resident, Ray Austin, he, he went to a meeting and he requested 
a financial statement. He's, he's really into the bylaws. He's, he's retired. And he mentioned to them, why are the people in Pines to not receiving financial, the financial statements that are required, uh, I guess quarterly or every other month? And from what he told me was that one of the board members said they didn't have enough paper to Xerox the memo to tell everyone or to, to circulate the financial statements that we are entitled to. So, frankly, we don't know what the board of directors are doing with the monies that are being submitted on a monthly basis. And, and that's, that's, that's terrible. So, you know, if people don't stand up in the community, unity is power. But if you don't stand up for your community, the board of, the, the board of directors will do anything they want. Prime example, they put up a, a steel gate. This is not a gated community. I mean, we still have car thieves and elderly women being robbed and thugs coming in and out, uh, people uh, sleeping in the hallway, and you don't know how they got there. So they put up this fence, this steel fence, without our permission. According to Mr. Alston, like I said, he's very thorough when he's reading the guidelines of the do's and don'ts. The board was supposed to present their desire to the members in this community to see if we would say yes or no. Well, apparently not too many people showed up for the board meeting. They took it upon themselves and said, okay, nobody shows up. We're going to put up the fence, the gate, and we're going to increase the condo fees. And that's exactly what they did because the condo community next to us, Treetop, started, you know, the, the, the outside gates, gate establishment first. So how many buildings are there actually in that whole complex then? So are all these uh, buildings covered, like, with the gate? Or, like, are they it, all part of the same corporation? Yes, it, 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 um, it covers the entire um, uh, condo community, and I think we have 116 units. But the ironic part of this, we have a pool. We have a pool, but our pool is not in Pines 2. Our pool is across the street in Pines 1, and Pines 1 has a different management company, and Pines 2 has a different management company. So you would think, why is our pool in Pines 1 when we live in Pines 2? But I was told years ago that Pines 1 and Pines 2 used to be under the same management company. So they, they broke ties. And if you want to go swimming, you have to walk across the street and go swimming. I don't know where the pool is located, but that's, that's the, um, the structure in Prince George's County in reference to Pines 1 and Pines 2. It's terrible, Linda. You know, you, you thank God that you have shelter, but... When you have issues internally, the board is supposed to enforce the bylaws, and they don't. Okay, you can call the police all you want. The police will record the, the report. But ultimately, it's the board's duty, and they have been negligent since 2000. And I can attest to that. And others can, too. You know, uh, another example, there's an elderly woman that lives on an oxygen tank 
and her son been trying to get a, a handicap ramp for her, and he's been unsuccessful for six years. They do not respond by telephone. It's like they, the, 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 the management, they are afraid to come out to rectify a problem, but they will not hesitate to send you a notice when your condo fees are behind. So do you have, like, do you, if you had to take a guess, how many, what percentage of your complex would be, say, for instance, people that don't live there all the time versus, you know, owner-occupied condo owners? Would you have any idea at all? From from what I was told, and sometimes you can't go by hearsay, uh-huh. that the president of the board and the former vice president of the board, they had units in our community, and that's that's their only interest. They're not really concerned about the community. They're concerned about the units that they have purchased. The only off the radar, I can just say, two people, and they is one former board member and the president of the board. They own property, and we feel, people feel, uh, uh, that, that, that they shouldn't be on the board because their only interest is their investment in this community. Well, you know, it makes it very difficult because, you know, I mean, Kevin, if uh, you as a homeowner that is spending your monthly maintenance fees and you're expecting to know the financials of your condo corporation, so you're saying that they have never had, like, generally here in Ontario, once a year they have what's called as an annual general meeting. And every year there'll be a board member, you know, even one or two, depending on who's up for re-election. So they don't hold any of that kind of thing. And then prior to that annual general meeting, you actually would receive a package that would have all the financial statements and everything so that you would know how much is in your reserve fund and how much money has been spent in your operating budgets. So are you not receiving anything in the mail or even dropped off at your door with respect to what the financials are or even an invitation to the annual general meeting? We, we, have, we have meetings. We have meetings, I think, on a quarterly basis. I have received uh, a mail in reference to a annual meeting, and but in reference to the financial statements, if it wasn't for Ray Austin going to that particular meeting to request why aren't the residents receiving financial statements so we can, you know, observe ourselves, we are entitled to it. If he didn't go to that meeting to make that request, they would not be sending out the financial statements like they should. But it's been years that they haven't, and that's because people who should be concerned are not concerned and they do not go to present questions to the board. So if you don't ask, they'll keep on going. But if you go to the meeting and you ask that question, like I asked the question, could we have a politician to come to the meeting? So the politician can, can hear our concerns. The president told me we had invited, we have called the senator, but he didn't know that I knew the senator. And when I went to the senator to confirm what stated to us in the meeting, the senator told me that that president lied. Nobody has called his office to invite him to a meeting. So once again, we're dealing with negligence, dishonesty, incompetence, and thieves. You know, we, we've had a maintenance worker who had to take the board of directors to court in the early part of the new millennium, and he won because they didn't pay him on time. And that's ridiculous. So who can you trust? 
Well, you know, that's one of the big questions that we have here in Ontario and certainly even across Canada. So after doing a little bit of research, once you and I had spoken and brought this to light, I actually found some quotes even on Wikipedia regarding, for instance, the New Jersey Department of Community Affairs. And they reported that it's obvious from complaints that homeowners do not realize the extent that associations could govern rules, could govern their lives. They also put that overwhelmingly the frustrations posed by complainants or by complainants' misunderstanding are dwarfed by the picture they reveal of undemocratic life faced by owners in many associations. Letters routinely express a frustration and outrage easily explainable by the inability to secure the attention of boards or property managers to acknowledge no less address their complaints. And then it says, perhaps most alarming is the revelation that boards or board presidents desirous of acting contrary to law, their governing documents or to fundamental democratic principles are unstoppable without extreme owner effort and often costly litigation. Now that's it's actually right here on Wikipedia. And the interesting part is it, I would have to take a guess because then it goes on and, you know, it's making comments in uh, North Carolina. And, uh, you know, it, it just seems as if this is an ongoing problem just about everywhere in North America. There's, uh, you know, you, you have to look at this and say, wow, maybe it seems like, uh, you know, the governments across North America really have to step in and start to create something a little bit different because obviously the system right now is just not working to protect the homeowners. Well, Lynn, it's, it's contagious. It's, it's all throughout Prince George's County, uh, according to former Congressman Al Wynn's uh, right-hand man. Uh, I had a meeting with him, uh, Larry Boston, and he told me they have received tons of letters from residents, owners, throughout Prince George's County. And be mindful, Prince George's County is considered the wealthiest county in the nation. And, you know, it's, it's terrible to hear him say that the board of directors in within five condo communities, that they're wicked people, wicked people, you know, and somebody ought to do something. There should be some class actions going on, you know, one condo association, and, you know, they're stuck together, and they expose the corruption. Right here next door to us is a condo community. Now, according to one of my Facebook friends, he stated he moved two years ago, but he stated on Facebook in my inbox that the president of the board confiscated $2 million and vanished down south wow. without paying, without paying, paying the petco bill. And That's we'd like amazing. to, we'd like to, you know, we'd want to talk more about that because that is, uh, you know, that is, I mean, they have control of, if not thousands, but millions of dollars. So let's talk a little bit more about uh, the fact of the power that they would have with the monies that they could very well take off and do something with and where does it leave the homeowner. This is Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert, and today I am speaking with Kevin Wilson uh, in the state of Maryland in the USA. And, uh, you know, we're understanding that there are problems all across North America, not just here in Ontario and Canada, but down in the United States, and it appears as if a number of states are having issues. Hang tight, and uh, we'll be right back. It's Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. 
Linda Pinizzato. She's not your typical realtor. She's your real estate counselor, teacher, and advisor. Whether it's a house, townhome, or condo, when you're ready, she's your negotiator. With 34 years of experience, Linda guarantees that you have the real estate knowledge you need to make the right decisions. Call Linda Pinizzato at Sutton Group Quantum Realty, 416-561-7373, or visit her at lindapinizzato.com. So remember, contact coaontario.com. We have a wonderful website. If you're in Toronto, you can go coatoronto.com. And let us hear your comments. We want to help. You're listening to Linda Pinizzato of The Condo Expert. You have a wonderful day. We'll talk to you next time. Get up, stand up. Stand up for your right. Get up, stand up. Don't give up the fight.